Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode of Listen Now is brought to you by me, Matt Stewart, and my 2020 live comedy show, Monkey House. I'm Matt Stewart from this show, Listen Now, and I'm bringing my stand-up show to Hobart for Fringe at the Edge of the World edge of the world at the Republic on the 9th and 10th of January. Then I'm at the Brisbane Comedy Festival at the Powerhouse from the 10th to the 15th of March, and then back home to Melbourne for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival at the Victoria Hotel from the 26th of March till the 19th of April. And you can grab tickets now with the discount code podcast via mattstuartcomedy.com slash gigs. That's mattstuartcomedy.com slash gigs. There'll be a link in the show description Use the discount code podcast and let's have a bloody good time together. Now, on with the show. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through the back catalogues of some of the most important and rockinest bands of all time, starting with Australian pop rock legends Cold Chisel. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Sam Tonkin. G'day, g'day. Welcome, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) A little smoother than last week's episode. (laughs) So good. So it's so good to have you here in the studio today to do this podcast. Very excited. Thank you. To talk about the great man. Ian Moss. Ian Mossy. The guitarist, the maple syrup, second lead singer for Cold Chisel. Mothman. Mothman, mothy. Maple syrup, moth. Maple syrup. Oh, I got myself tongue-tied trying to say that. Shit. So, yeah, he, um, we saw him recently. We, we saw him last night even. Oh, yeah, if you want to give away when this is being recorded. Yep. Sure, we saw it last, we saw well, him last night. I don't know where we're recording from. That's true. We could have. Got here in a time machine. Exactly. <laughs> so we had a, well, I had a great time last night watching him live at the Palais. It was good. It was so good. It was, actually, it was fucking excellent. <laughs> it was fucking so good. So it was actually uh, on the tour celebrating 30 years since his debut solo album, Matchbook, Matchbook. which came out in 1989. So he was a little bit slower than the others, uh, well, at, at, at least than Barnsey and Don Walker were to get their first. Yeah, by 89, I think Barnsey had released four out al- three albums <laughs> yeah. and a line alive album. Totally. Um, so Mozzie took a bit of a break after Chisel broke up. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a few few years till he started bringing a band together in 86. And mm-hmm. then eventually in 88, he worked in LA for the big chunk of the year. Uh, organising material for his debut album, Matchbook, which was, to a large extent, written by Don Walker, the main songwriter for Chisel. Yeah, which I didn't realise until I was researching this album. I was thinking, you know, they'd gone their separate ways, they're doing their own thing. I think Barnsley went separate ways from the others. um, Yeah, because, what, Mossy was a guitarist for Catfish with Don Walker. Yeah, he did a bit of work with Don. Don Walker's written half of Mossy's songs. 
So they obviously stayed friendly. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the first single, still the biggest hit of his solo career, Tucker's Daughter. Ugh. Should we? Maybe we should... Should we just get stuck into playing some of the tracks? Just or? get stuck into it. It's a banger. It is a banger. So Matchbook came out in 1989. It was a number one hit album. Mm-hmm. And I think even the Tucker's Daughter hit number two and went uh, platinum in Australia. Yep. The album went two times platinum Ooh. and hit number one. So it was a, it was a huge hit in 1989. Uh, you know, the weight paid off, I guess, for him yeah. a little bit. The, um, he also got a bunch of... Uh, music Awards, yeah, Aria Music Awards, which is the Australian sad version of the Grammys. Um, <laughs> uh, Happy version. Yeah, he won the three categories, Album of the Year, Best Male Artist, and Breakthrough Artist Album, um, and got, what else did he get? Breakthrough Artist Single and Song of the Year, which he shared with um, Don Walker. Was, yeah, single of the year. Song of the year, single of the year with Don Walker. I think song of the year, yeah, one of them goes to the songwriter and one of them goes to the the song performer or something. There's some sort of line so like that. So they co-wrote won, that one, I think. One song of the year with Walker and was nominated for single of the year. Right. Um, yeah, so well, I found a review. Again, disappointingly, we've been in a bit of a dry patch for our What's Up section oh, of the show. Devastating. I could not find a Zup review of this What's album. What's up with Alan Zup? But on rateyourmusic.com, I found a user review from 2008. Excellent. From ATMVAWSEL. I don't know what that is. Um, uh, AT, I don't at know. At the I, moment. ATM Vorsa. Cool. Cool. They write, a damn good album of soulful rock and pop with a very solid musicianship, terrific songs, excellent singing, and generally fine production. Nice. Bracket, with only occasional 80s gloss. Huh. Bracket. <laughs> Tucker's Daughter is an Oz music classic. While the rest of the album doesn't quite meet the standard of that great single, tracks two and three come closest, which is Telephone Booth and is it Out of the Fire, I think? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, the top four are sort of the, were the four singles as well. Oh, Yeah. But they go on to say they were all good. Get this album, all caps. That's a pretty good That's... four and a half star review. Uh, I'm trying to think. The, uh, one of the reviews, it's definitely fairly R&B with a white soul edge to it with a hint of rock and roll and plenty of big guitar over the top. Yeah. So it's, it's quite different from the chisel sound. Mm. It's a lot uh, cleaner sounding. Yeah, a lot neater. Yeah. Yep. Like cut with some nice scissors rather than just like hacked at with a... Yeah, there's no rough edges really no, at all. No Jimmy about it. No. Basically is what we're saying. Uh, the Age uh, did an article slash interview with Mossy ahead of the launch of the 30-year anniversary tour. There's a little clip from it. It says, 30 years after the solo vindication of Matchbook, three hit singles, four ARI awards, 14 weeks in the top 10, Moss remembers the post-Chisel era with mixed emotions. This is quoting Mossy. By the time we decided to split up in 1983, we were definitely get on, getting on each other's nerves, he says. You start thinking things like, I can't wait to get away from these guys and show them how real music is done. <laughs> <laughs> Something silly and naive like that. I was ready to be that bloke up front who runs the whole show. It's only when you go out on... On your own, you know what? Those guys were pretty good <laughs> musically and as a family. Oh. So that took a fair bit of getting used to. I probably still am to a certain degree. Oh. 
Yeah, I like, I like that. I have those sort of moments all the time. Like, no, I'm right. You're wrong in my <laughs> head. Show you. And then a little bit of space. And I go, oh, my brain was being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I miss everyone. Where yeah. are they? <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Please forgive. Please forgive me. <laughs> well, been there, Mossy. Certainly, yep. that, that's like, you know, hothead 20s kind of yep. attitude. He would yeah, have been. Yeah, that's it. He was born in 55. So when they broke up in 83, he was, you know, Younger than you are now, and you're just a kid. It's true. Wild to I think. I am, in fact, a child. He wrote, must have written Bow River when he was like 25. Oh, my God. All that stuff blows my mind. Yeah. But bad. nearly all huge songs were written by someone who was 20 to 25. That's just... That's true. That also blows my mind. music is done at, at that age. The for age of 20 reason. to 25, I was still not taking roundabouts properly. I did not write a single hit record <laughs> in those it's years. It's fucking lazy of you. I know. I still regret it. <laughs> Pull your finger out, dickhead. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's let's hear some of that uh, album. So we saw it last night. He played most tracks off it. I'd say he I probably so, played, yeah. of the ten tracks, I reckon he played maybe seven or eight. Yep, I agree. And like the reviewer said, there's a bit of that 80s production, as, as you'll yep. hear now, and that sort of stripped out live. Yeah. He beefs up the sound a bit live. Yep. But this so opening track is the lead single and the, and the big hit off it, Tucker's Daughter. It's just got, I mean, it's it's got the sounds of 89, yep. but it is still a sick song. Also, album opener. Good album opener. Great album opener. Written, co- so co-written by Don and Ian. Hey. Way, just a way cleaner, smoother sounding. It, what is it about it that's so 80s? I don't know. I guess that everything. <laughs> <laughs> if I could put my finger on it. <laughs> It would be the entire creation. And it, yeah. Um, he, I think there's something about this album. It's just like, it's sort of like, it's all smooth. It's like smooth blues or smooth R&B. Yeah, or, it's I just can't. all smooth something. Yeah. Let's get to the chorus here. Yeah. <laughs> so he he closed the show with this song uh, before doing two or three encores. Uh, two encores. Two encores. Two encores. Encore. Encore. Because someone's already put it up on setlist.com. Yeah, two encores. The first encore had two tracks, and the second encore had three. What a ripper. And he really he back-ended the whole show with the biggest hits. He saved the chisel songs or the, the big chisel songs for the encores and finished the in- initial set with the two biggest solo singles. Oh, yeah. So I love a, that. Of 17 tracks, the biggest hits were in the last the last seven songs. Yep. Excellent. So then track two was the second single and also the second biggest single off the album, <laughs> Telephone Booth. Smooth, smooth riffage. It, it sounds like summer to me. It does. <laughs> it's, it's like it's nostalgia and summer wrapped it up is. together. Nost- it's just like a song that makes you think it's nostalgia. I, I mean, how to explain f- that, but I know what you mean. The fact that the, it's called Telephone Booth. A thing that hasn't yeah. existed for 10 years. On the years. highway. 
Mobile phone <laughs> on a half. Out of batteries. <laughs> Got no 4G on a highway. That's a. That's just a. Low key banger. All right, then you got Out of the Fire, was the, I think, maybe even the next single. Yep. And maybe it was one of the first songs he played last night, this was. Yeah, what did he open? Track two. He opened with Matchbook. Oh, It's a pretty low key way to start the show. It's all just smooth, isn't it? It is. Like, you just kind of picture him laying down in a field somewhere, <laughs> chewing on weed, just like... Beep, lying beep. down in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Mossy, put your fucking shoes on. <laughs> nah, man. It's not my jazz. And then you got uh, Mr. Rain, which you don't really like, but you, you're into it more last night. It's a grower. It's definitely a grower. Didn't like, a- I didn't love it. But uh, last night, it was just some next level. Yeah. They, it was like the third track he played, and he he got every everyone in the band did a solo in it. The yeah, third track third of the track. night. third track. Love that. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Oh, we should also say every song he did at least two solos. Yep, at least. <laughs> it was, Occasionally, he'd share it with someone else, but then he'd be like, all right, back to me. It was That's just enough. all mossy shredding all night long. So good. <laughs> that sound... <laughs> And then you had the title track, Matchbook. That drum is so 80s. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what's what's the 80s thing about it? I don't know. It's definitely everything. It's it's just... (laughs) I think it's every element. It's like you can you can hear the bass player doing the chicken neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a high bass for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. High Strap bass finger. As yeah. Well. I think it's definitely an album that was. I, they they stack front ended it. Yeah. Yep. He back ends it live. His album front ended it big time. Then you got such a beautiful thing. Oh, is that little ladies there? <laughs> <laughs> no. But where did that go now? Like, where did that little gentle, like, Tinkerbell intro go? Go on. He played this last night. This is... This is, this is catchy. Yeah, this is not bad, this one. This is like, this is a strut song. Day. Like, you're walking <laughs> somewhere, you're like... Giving finger guns to people as Happy walking strut. past. Yeah, you have a, you're You've had away. a little win, haven't you? <laughs> so this one then is I've Got You. Did you play this last night? I don't remember this one. Uh, got You. No, I don't think you did. Did he? God, everything just turns into one for me at a concert. No, I didn't play this one. Okay, good. It's not just me having a senior moment. But he did definitely play this next one because I I find this this next one I found to be the hardest listen. Yep. Pretty face. But it's sort of like it, it was one of those ones that 
enjoyed it more live. He also gave it a bit of context. It's about mm. domestic violence. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I mean... It's just... I just thought it was a really... Without listening to the lyrics enough, I'm like, this is the corniest love song ever, but it's obviously... It's a, it's a bit it's heavier also, than that. I think it's a bit problematic. It's written... I'm just trying to figure out... Don't figure out live on the podcast if you're going to cancel Mossy. Don't do it. Yeah, it's definitely written from him being the perpetrator. That's yeah, but it's concerning. Well, that, that's, that's because it's like, if someone writes a horror movie, do you think they're a, they're the same as a mass murderer? No, that's a good point. It's fiction, but you yeah, hope. So it's, a, it's a pretty dark song, and it's also not... Just real... It's flat a, chorus. It's, it's peak 80s. Mm. And also not... The, the, the intro for the next one, Tangletown, is also pretty memorable. Here we go. Tangletown. What the fuck? This feels like the intro to a kid's show. He didn't play this one last night either. Thank Christ. This is like, this sounds like a jingle. This isn't a song. It's sort of, there's somewhere towards the end of it. Oh. It gets into a bit. What? And then it closed out with I'll Remember You. Not the Skid Row one, but this one I didn't play last night either. It's a, it's a bit of a, bit maybe a, it's a little bit of a light weightish song probably. Mm. Good pause. This is see, this is just like eighties as fuck. Yeah, it's a little, maybe a little bit disposable. Like I, I sort of, it's like the album sort of fades out. Yeah, a that's... bit. So that's, that's. I mean, who, who am I to say? That's a double platinum <laughs> <laughs> great selling album. So, um, And it does kick off with, with a few classic tunes. He followed it up uh, in 1991 with an album called Worlds Away, which I'm not super familiar with. No, not Oh, no, really. hang on. Is Worlds Away... Yeah, next. But he do, he's got a... There's a cover of Bow River on it. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of Bow River, I've got a clip here. Oh, yeah? From a relation of ours, having a crack at Bow River. Oh. (laughs) Do you have it? Do you want me to get it? No, I can, I mean. My phone's on 1%. Maybe I'll get it. Tell us a bit about this second album first, and then I'll I'll find this track that you're talking about. Worlds Worlds Away was released in October 91 and peaked in the top 50 in both Australia and New Zealand. Um, this one had a lot more um, Mossy songs on it. So he got one, two, three, four, five, five songs where he was the main credit to where he was the only credit. Don oh, right. Walker still had a hand in probably another five total. Yeah. What, what were the singles of it, if we we're going to play a track or two from it? Uh, first single off it was called Slip Away. And it looks like they co-wrote that together. Let's yep. hear a bit of that. Slip Away. It's a Walker Moss mix. Ooh. 
That sounds like the opening to an 80s TV. Like, is this like Saved Pass by the off. Bell opening? <laughs> Run out on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Who's in there as well? Like... If that wasn't used... That's a little bass line in the background, though. Get a mate. If a TV show didn't use that for their opening theme, then it was a wasted opportunity. Um, now, you know how I love a an album opener? So yes. the album, album opener, She's a Star... Uh, was the second single uh, written by Don Walker? Ooh, so this is a bit more grunt on this yeah. album already, I reckon. Yeah, it's just a bit. It's a bit cringy. The oh. lyrics. She's a star. Yeah. Oh, you don't like a positive song? <laughs> Surely. She's a star. Yeah. Oh, yep. So far, we've got you. You bagging out Australia's favorite poet Don Walker's lyrics? Yep. Currently, yes. She's a star. Forget the words and listen to the the sounds that Mossy's. Did he play anything off this album last night? I don't think so. Yeah, kind of lost the grunt without the guitar going. It's just Mm. like a little rhythm in the background. What and what was the any other singles worth playing? Uh, Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Loves oh, it. Loves, loves a ballad. Third track ballad. Third single ballad. I think he does it on the next album as well. That is true, Mossy. Preach. Fucking love Mossy. He can do no wrong. Except for Janelle. <laughs> oh, oh, don't put Janelle. Janelle. Don't put. Don't lump Janelle in any sort of pile. It's okay, a, so a yeah. It's a, pile. Well, then it's so. But let's hear what, what his Bow River interpretation was at this point. <laughs> oh, acoustic. Already. Oh, it's sort of. Still does sound like a little bit. There's so many versions of this song I know. that he's sung. And I don't oh, want that voice. No Wasting my days on a factory floor. The first thing you know, I will be All back. Right, so that's one me. version of it. Another version that I have. <laughs> it- <laughs> Okay, so that, this is, I only just saw this recently, but Sam found a (laughs) video footage of my dad (laughs) singing Bow River by himself. There's no one else in this pub. (laughs) There's no one else there. (laughs) Except for your mum who's filming, who at the start gives a woo, (laughs) encourages him to have a crack. Uh, (laughs) I don't know know if we want to release this tape or not. Anyway, that's probably enough of that. That is, Uh, that's wild that that exists. potentially the best version of Bow River I've ever (laughs) heard. 
<laughs> so if people are wondering where I get my vocal talents from, there it is. It's in the, it's in the genes. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Marcel, let's go through a couple more. So it took him, oh no, only what, another five years and he released... His third. After that, he didn't release another one until last year. So Petrol Head was, was his few, third. There's a few live albums, but yes. nothing fresh. Yeah. So um, Petrol Head was his third album, released in 96, um, uh, with Petrol Head being the title track and track number one. Goes uh, like and this. also... Do you want to talk, talk, find that thing you were telling me about before about his yeah, change so, of direction? Yeah, um, a bit of a... Obviously, it sounds a bit different to the last couple yeah. of albums. Let's listen to a little bit of this riffage. That's dirty. Yeah, what did he say? Um, so he was talking about it was a conscious decision to go back to something that he was happy doing. Uh, and he said the result is tough, ballsy blues meets rock, plenty of heart, alive and kicking. Uh, and our old mate Ian McFarlane, Australian musicologist, uh, declared it as Ian Moss's best ever album. Wow. A down and dirty blues rock outfit with gritty, hard-edged tracks and finely honed guitar work. Um, yeah, I'm... I haven't given it a big enough crack, but I just listening to it a little bit today, I'm definitely going to have to give it a bloody crack. Um, um, I'm also noticing a bit of a pattern here with uh, Mossy. You got three singles. Was this the lead single it said or just second one of, single? Yeah. So he seems to go with release one of the middle tracks first, which is Poor Boy. Poor Boy. So this was the lead single. The drummer also on this album was long term drummer for Rose Tattoo. Oh. Ah, cool. I wonder this if that adds to the dirty. Yeah. But interestingly, it was of his first three albums. This is sold the poorest by the look of it. Oh. That charted uh, the lowest, or it didn't chart. Whereas the first. First two, well, the first one was a smash hit. The second one charted in the in the forties, and then this one failed to chart. Wow. Um, but yeah, so this pattern he got: first single is released from somewhere in the middle of the album. Second release, second single is a. Uh, Do you think it's a conspiracy? Yeah, absolutely. More conspiracy. More conspiracy. Uh, second single is the album opener, and third single is a ballad from later on in the album. Right. Uh, in this case, it is All Alone on a Rock. Apart from on the first album where he released the singles, track so the, one, the, two, three, and four. The pattern has emerged in the last two albums. <laughs> <laughs> Would we call it a coincidence instead, perhaps? I don't know. I think uh, perhaps maybe Illuminati confirmed. Oh, I reckon we might. So Ian Moth. All Alone on a Rock is the third single you're talking about. So yeah, this another is another slow boy. I love that guitar sound all the same. Mm. And then it took, yeah, there was quite a few years in between. It wasn't until 2018. Let this play for a little bit. 
And then, yeah, it was 2018, he released his self-titled. Mm. Which we played a few off last night as well. Which I really enjoyed. I, I hadn't heard the album before then. I'm like, oh, he really, I actually didn't realise he'd released an album. I've been listening to it since. I really like it. It's called Ian Moss. <laughs> what are some of the tracks you played last night? Broadway, which you don't like, is a slower track. Yep. But last night, when it ends on the album live, it kept going and just like he pl- he sort of just drove it into the sky yeah. with just sort of like a building solo and the whole band were just building with him. It was sick. It was it's good. unfortunate in the album version, it, I think it fades down, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It's a bit of a... So he does all the build and then... But he's singing about wanting to be, he needs to feel like home or something like that. Well, here I am now, baby. I've got everything I want. I've got women. I've got whiskey. I've got wine. I've got song. Yes, it's true what they say, baby. Ain't no better place to be. But this album returned him to the charts. It's peaked at number 11. Did it really? Yeah. Holy shit. And he wrote a lot of the tracks, co-wrote a lot of the tracks, nearly all of them. Let's let's get right to the end. Oh, no, I Yeah, I will it say it fades down when last night it, it fades out. As going up. Yeah, that part it just kept building. His vocals, bar a couple of high notes that I reckon he missed just by a, an inch, his vocals I reckon have potentially gotten better over the years. Yeah, like, amazing. They're even if you thought maple syrup was smooth, fuck, what's smoother than that? It's like maple syrup mixed with whiskey. Yeah, oh, that's great. Neat. That is neat, <laughs> neat. Um, he also, oh, what was the the first one he played off at last night, let me find it. It was, I was like, it was the one that really grabbed my attention. Super catchy. Um, I think it was If Another Day. Is that, yeah, the opening track. So here, let's hear a bit of that. If Another Day, bracket, love rewards its own, bracket. <laughs> let's hear it, Mossy. Don't be bloody shy now, mate. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, Mossy. Anywho. Uh, another song that he played last night was called My Suffering, which he said was a... Oh, Oh, yeah, this was a banger. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a bit of a signature, the smoothness. I guess that's just he's a precise kind of player and vocally, so... But I don't miss that full 80s production. No, this sounds nice. Modern. Modern yeah, moss. relatively modern moss. We used to be a thing to believe in, a reason for living. Holding on each day without backs against the wind. Sailing far beyond the troubled shore. It just kicks into this catchy sort of pop country chorus. Yeah. This is—I know—I love comparing these to like what it, where it would fit into like a TV or movie scene. Yeah. 
But this would be like when the protagonist is like, oh shit, I've let someone important go. And this is like the running scene <laughs> yeah. where they're like trying to get through the street or through the fucking train station to I, catch up. Yeah, I guess you got to remember though, uh, love rewards its own, close bracket. So I think, you know, that does think, fit in quite nicely there. I think you're forgetting that if another day. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, we should play a little bit of my suffering. So he told a bit of a story behind this one. Not a lot of a story, but he said no. that Steve Presswich, the late great chisel drummer, the Liverpudlian, Liverpool. he wrote this song and somehow like it slipped 20 through years ago or something. and never got picked up and yeah. played by Chisel. He never released it solo. So he's like, luckily, I'm I'm glad I got to give it a home on this album finally. Yeah. So it's he was a pretty stoked one. about it too. Yeah, it was, you could tell it meant something to him, yeah. right? You can tell the, how much the band loves Steve as well. Yeah. It sounds like in Barnsley's book, he was one of the key players in getting the band back together. Yeah. Sounds like he was a bit less, um, I don't want to say hot-headed, but a bit, like, slower to react. So, I don't know. Mossy was or Presswitch? Presswitch. So he just sounded like he was a bit calmer, a bit more like, hang on, blokes, like... Let's do it. It's fun. You know, life doesn't go forever. It sounded yeah. like it was almost like he, he knew. Yeah, in a weird in a weird sense of it all. So this is a sort of a slower tempo, which I think I think Presswitch wrote a lot of his songs in a more down tempo what else style. Yeah, Flame Trees. It's a yeah. Slower. Uh, the ones that he on Ringside, which we'll get to in the future, are slower. Uh, when the war is over. Oh, yep. Yeah, so it's just the style he seemed to write in mainly. Yeah, so that's kind of nice. I'd need to give it more time probably mm. to get a, my head around it. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's Mossy. We've sort of jumped through his career. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last night, so the show was great. It was played at this epic old venue in Melbourne. I don't know what it seats to be. Thousand or yeah, it's not something. very big. I'll look it up actually. I'd be interested to find and out. And but he did say it was the was the biggest bigger show, on, show the on, on the tour, which was kind of cool. And he, he you could tell that he was stoked to be there. And he, he looked like he had a really yeah, fucking good I'm time. I'm so glad. And, and it's so much more fun seeing a band when you if you believe that they're enjoying being there. Yeah. You ever go see a band where you're like. Like oh, I'm in fucking Australia. Yeah, I, I don't. Been I can't wait to get home. Hours. Yeah. End of the tour. So the Palais holds two thousand eight hundred ninety six people. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's it's a pretty you know it's a decent size mm. joint. But it's not. I mean, it's not huge. In, and it, it's seated. Yeah. It's probably something. So it's similar. an old school theater. You know, yeah. beautiful uh, foyer. Mm. A lot of old school. Uh, this is a beautiful building. It is. We should, it's a beautiful old building. Do we get a fo- I got a photo of you out the front of it, I think. If you remember to post it, I'll get sent I it to you. I will add a note. They also they played um, a cover of Georgia on My Mind in the second encore, as well as a couple of big... They played uh, My Baby, the chisel <clears throat> song, wrapped in a diaper, as well as Choir Girl, and then closed out with Bow River, and it was, it was Which big. It was huge. There were... It was... I'd say we would be maybe easily the youngest people there. I felt like there was not many people that I was going to compete with age-wise. Yeah, but the they there were some old, older types who were tying one on. Oh, there were there were people there put me to shame in 
both their drinking capacity and enthusiasm. Yeah, which is cool. There were other people like real um, stuffy. It was well. It was interesting. I've never been to a. It, I mean, it was a rock concert. Mossy was shredding the yeah. shit out of his guitar. I, just, I don't love sitting uh, for a rock show. Everyone was seated, and then like you know, you're like tapping along or whatever, and you're getting greasies because you're like moving too much, and people aren't like people not even singing along, like. What? It's is like that yeah, just what they're happens? watching a DVD. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Everyone was just. It is a strange feeling. I, but yeah, I guess they're like, hey, this is why we came here. We wanted to see a seated concert. But it is some, there is something strange about it. It was, yeah, it just felt a bit uncomfortable. And it but, wasn't um, until he he said out loud at the end, he's like, you can stand for this one if you want. And, every, and then everyone jumped straight up. Pretty I, much. I felt like no one quite. Had the guts to be the first one to do it. Yeah, because <laughs> I was looking around like going, what, "What do I? Yeah, do I, <laughs> yeah. Do I try and start a revolution here?" <laughs> uh, um, but it was a it was a great fun night. There were uh, security. Did you see? Oh, well, you wouldn't have seen it because you were right in the second front row. I was uh, ten rows back from you. Mm. But the the a, a few uh, maybe forty five year oldish. Women went oh, yeah. down to the front the to dance. The blonde one, yeah, and she the, she did it on both. The blonde one went on both sides oh, of right. us because it was like right next S- to us. Security guard came down and said, "You can't do that," and she just put her arm around the security guard and tried to dance. And then that security guard went back, and another one came down and tried to drag him away. And they're just dancing with him. They were furious. Mossy was having a good time. I reckon <laughs> Mossy looked at it and was like, "Yeah, still got it." Yeah, I think it'd be like, "Oh, it looks like some people are enjoying themselves." Yeah. <laughs> Security, like, hey, enough of that. Yeah, nah. Yeah, Too nah, much nah. fun here at the show. Too much fun. And then, yeah, they couldn't stop. When he said he said something cheeky like, I don't reckon security will mind if everyone gets up and comes down the front. Yeah, Mossy, yeah. And that's what people did. That's what we did. And then in the that very end, great. someone caught a drumstick. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and your sister, actually, because we were in the front row, we kicked the boys to the back because we're here for Mossy and that's yeah. it. Uh, and the drummer threw out a drumstick to our area. We took a p- pretty good grab. Uh, and some old mate who sat still in his seat, we're in the second row, and his old mate right in front of us sat down the whole show. Not once did he move in any sort of way, <laughs> shape, or form with the music, uh, nor did he sing anything, tried to pinch it off us, and we both kind of just looked at each other and pulled it back because we're like, okay, no. Uh, and his partner turned around and was like, he's a musician. And we're like, okay, this is still ours, though. No, no, I think she was saying he's a musician. He's already got a drumstick. <laughs> you can take it. He's got one. But yeah, anyway, so now we have a um, drumstick. What a great memento. Pretty stoked about that. I'll have to post a photo of that as well. Oh, well, I just wrote a note to take it. I, I brought it, and it's still in my car. Did you know this? I didn't realise this. In 2012, he made a guest appearance on Neighbours. I just, I read that just before. That's so funny. And that same year, Australian Guitar Magazine listed Moss at number three on their definitive top 10 Australian guitarists of all time. Who would be higher apart from Angus Young? Uh, Oh, good question. I would be very, find that out for us. Uh, Um, Let's see. Well, you Google that. I want to throw out some mentions to the rest of Mossy's band from last night. Yeah, great. Um, so we had... Whose um, drumstick do you have? We've got Kerry Jacobson's drumstick, who is on Instagram at Kerry Jacobson underscore with a K for Kerry. Uh, he for all had, the people who are keen to follow the drummer follow, from last night. Yeah, he's got 200 followers. Give him a boost. But he was a bloody ripper. He looked like he in, just enjoyed the absolute shit out of the yeah, night. Yeah, that's what the band looked like. They're having a great time. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Zoe Hotman on bass, um, and she was just... She was doing her job and she was enjoying the shit out of it. 
Um, we had, who else is there? Um, the rhythm guitarist, Michael Dugency. I'm not going to try and pronounce that. because What, I what was that? If, you, if that's you not trying to pronounce or what was that? It was the pre-attempt <laughs> at pronouncing. He was, so he uh, was toured with Mossy previously yeah. just as a backing singer. Yep. And he was stoked. He posted about it on his Instagram. I was going back through some of his posts and he said something like he, he's pinching himself to be touring with the legend. How good was his uh, oh, vocal performance my on Georgia on my mind? Goodness. So he came out, was that in the second encore, first encore? Second, start of the second encore. Start of the second. And he came out and he's standing there with no guitar and we're like, oh, that's going to be a bit awkward for him. He's just going to stand there. Didn't even have like a little egg shaker. Isn't it funny that it's like, oh, we assume that he hasn't. I wasn't. You were assuming. I I assume that they don't know what they're doing here. (laughs) For some reason they've taken his guitar off him. Uh, if, you follow, bad if you want to follow this bloke, by the way, M-I-C, Mick underscore D-U-C-H-E-S-N-E. I'm confident that no one's following that I'm anyone based on you reading them out now, When Sam. you follow these people, make sure that they know that I sent you. <laughs> here's uh, the, but here's he the, had, okay. if you thought Ian Moss's vocals were smooth, mate, his were, his were also very smooth. another thing coming. Um, and for me, my favourite, the MVP of last night, the keyboardist, oh. uh, Leanne Paris, Leanne Paris Music on Instagram. Yeah. She was feeling herself yeah. on the every single song. She was throwing it. I don't know how she didn't throw her back out. She, she was, was all in. Fuck, she was right into it. Every time that, like, Mossy's having a good old time, I'm looking over at Leanne and she's having an even better it time. Was it was like great. they put together the band. It looked like a band of teachers um, it did. <laughs> putting on an end of year performance in the school hall. Yep. And I reckon she was probably the history teacher. Yep, living her best life. Yeah, the second guitarist was probably the young. The new young PE teacher English, or something. Oh, PE te- I reckon. Yep. Oh, a dra- young drama teacher. Yeah, maybe. I think He looked he look like he's into the arts. I think know? the drummer was probably the science man. Geography maybe. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then the bass player, she'd be, she'd be what is she doing? English. English. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Mossy's cool just anyway. the uh, janitor, or the no. he's, a, he's a gardener that just walks around. <laughs> yeah, does in leather pants. Up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll quickly before we wrap it up, I'll give you the top ten. Oh guitars. yeah, go for it. So number ten, Ross Hannaford from Daddy Cool. Nice. Number nine, Lobby Lloyd from Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs. Hey. Eight, Jim Moganini. Moggini <laughs> from Midnight Oil. Hey, I'm not, okay. I don't think I've ever tried to say his name out loud. I don't think I've ever read it. Dennis Tech at number seven from Radio Birdman. Six, Slava Gregorian from Slava Gregorian. Am I? Five, Rick Brewster from The Angels. Four, Chris Chaney from The Living End. Nice. Three, Ian Moss from Chisel. Two, Tommy Emmanuel from, you know, himself. And number one, Angus Young. Who the fuck's Tommy Emmanuel? Who the fuck's Tommy Emmanuel? He's like a smooth, smooth He's uh, also judge. Slavic, Slav. Hey, you can look it up on your own time, I mate. I will. I will. I'm not, I, I have heard of Slava Gregorian, but. Tommy Emmanuel is, he used to be, I think he's still like a kind of world-renowned wow. guitarist. He just plays instrumentals. Oh. Just a very nice guitar player. Okay. I've learned something today, You guys. don't know Tommy Emmanuel. Go home and ask your dad. <laughs> I will. Dad will be like, who the fuck's Tommy? <laughs> I, I think your dad's going to know who Tommy Emmanuel is, okay? I will let you know next episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here and say that Mossy was ripped off. Yep. 
He's better than Angus Young. Okay. Ooh, it depends on what you're taking into consideration, call. I guess. Um, should we go to letters from uh, letters Let's to do Alan? It. From yes. Alan. Letters to Alan. Um, we have got this week an email from McKenna Middlebrook, uh, who is from America. Uh, doesn't specify where, but says, uh, I know you guys probably have more than one American listener, but I'm claiming myself as the first and only American other list, uh, American listener. Suck it, other Americans. Cop that one. other Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, McKenna. That's, that's excellent. That was the full extent of his email. That was the whole. I thought it was McKenna. Thank you so name? much, McKenna. I don't know. Fantastic, I'm not sure. fantastic email. Um, but that's the kind of emails that I enjoy reading. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, I suppose. It does. Let us get in touch if you want to. If you have any mossy thoughts, or if anyone else out there saw him on this tour, oh, let us know. Or what have you? If anyone else has caught a drum from a, a drumstick, imagine catching a drum. <laughs> That'd be impressive. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, get us, get in touch if you've got any music stories, really. Ideally, they'll be linked somehow to Cold Chisel. Um, and, of course, if you've got ideas for albums or bands we should focus on yeah. once we uh, finish up with Chisel over the next couple of months. Yeah, anyway, as we always say here at Listen Now Podcast, goodbye, Astrid. Goodbye. Oh, we did it backwards. We did. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.